All right, what's up, guys? Uh, it's me, Mason. I'm ready. And we yeah. got Randy. And uh, it's Questionable Opinions, episode two, season two. And uh, this week we're talking about uh, movies that we disagree about. Uh, me and Randy, we're avid movie watchers, but there's a lot of movies that we disagree about. And we thought it would be fun to just have an episode where we just yell at each other and argue. Will either of us change our mind? Probably not, no. But it's good to have these arguments uh, or more discussions about these films. See if, see if we can see where the other person is coming from, see their perspective. Right, Randy? No. Oh, okay. It's gonna, no, we're going we're gonna to fight. We're going to fight. All right. Uh, before we get into this, uh, our letterbox are down below. If you want to see our reviews for movies, it's a movie um, like diary thing. But that's where me and Randy usually log the movies and like stuff we watch. So if you want to follow us on there, be very appreciated. Let's just say this episode started there when Randy gave a review to uh, a cult classic comedy, a favorite of many, Airplane. That's our first movie we're talking about today. Uh, Randy, why don't you like Airplane? Um, I mean, it's simple. It's just, it's, it's not a funny movie, honestly. Oh. I have a, that's just me, probably. I have a dead sense of humor. But, like, even, you know, things that are supposed to make you laugh, or things that come across as, like, wanting to make you laugh, like, in that sense, I guess. Mm -hmm. Were you in a mood to laugh that I, night I, that you watched it, is my question. Like, start, like, were you ready to laugh? Were you in a mood for a comedy? Actually, no, I, I, was, I was trying my best not to laugh. I was going to be like, all right, this is a funny movie, apparently. I'll be like, it's like a try not to laugh, basically. And, I mean, okay. I wasn't pushed to laughter at any point. There was, there was one scene, one scene where, um, you know, the guy's on the plane and his taxi's still outside. And the taxi okay, yeah, see, that's, that's one of the many hilarious gags in the 1980 classic film, Airplane. One of the few smart moments in the film, because it didn't involve slapstick. Or Bro, it involve... is, it's, it's an inherently clever yeah, movie. Inherently? It, it's so much more clever. What do you mean by inherently? Are you it just, it's a very smart movie. It's a parody all the, on all the disaster and like horror movies at the time. And it, it, you can see it as slapstick, but it's kind of making fun of them. For example, you, you brought this up in your, well, making fun of those genre tropes like in the 1970s there's a lot of like sexploitation films which means like they would just put boobs in there for no reason right and that's why it's an airplane it's like a it's riffing on that genre cliche that many disaster movies had at the time what do you mean because then because then it they try to, I didn't know that prior to you saying that, because then it makes it seem like, you know, that's them doing that on their yeah. own. They can get that out on their own. So then it's just not good. So let's get into a deeper discussion. I'll bring in another movie that we disagree about, about comedies. So how are you going to give Airplane a one star in Letterboxd, but you give Eurovision three stars? Can you, would you like to explain that? I mean, it goes beyond the comedy. Even like, I was able to connect with the characters. I was able to feel for them, feel bad for them, be happy with oh them, God. smile with them each and every time. Absolutely not. I feel like the the movie's lowest point was definitely the the whole singathon where everybody got together and like in the middle of the movie. Oh yeah, that. Okay. I, 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 didn't, I didn't really like that. That was kind of. You know what the low part of the movie was? 
The, the low part? Yeah, the worst part of the movie. Okay. Everything after the Netflix logo. That was by far the worst movie I've seen in such a long time. I hated that movie. I I actually got depressed watching it because I was like, Will Ferrell's come to this. He's making this bad stuff. And what do you not like about the movie? Okay, well, first of all, it's not very funny. I, like, I don't know how you find an airplane not funny and you find Eurovision. Like, like okay, I'll give it to you. The Yaya Ding Dong thing, that's kind of funny, but, like, it didn't make me laugh. I wasn't like, ah, good one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But... At the same time, I guess, like, okay, the tough thing about comedies is, like, everybody can have a different perspective on it. It either makes you laugh or it doesn't, and that kind of makes or breaks it. Like, not a lot of other, like, films are like that, you know? Like, you could still like a horror film if it doesn't scare you. But, like, comedies, if you're not laughing, then it's not really doing its job. So, for me, personally, I, I did not laugh at anything. I thought Will Ferrell was giving a pretty bad performance. I mean, I like Rachel McAdams, but, like, even her performance was, like, eh. The songs were annoying. All the side characters, like, oh. yeah, I, They were pretty annoying. I don't really want to focus on them. But I mean, the two the two main characters, they, you know, I was able to vibe with them, at least. And they made me laugh here and there. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to spoil the movie, but, like, I just don't like where it went. It, like, after, like, the first – it was, like, so long. I was, like, this is, like, two and a half hours long. I, I was just, like, what, I guess what is this? Another thing is um, my stepdad, Bert, he's from Holland. So I was able to have that European connection, too. I was, like, okay, you know. He didn't – did he watch it with you? Yeah, he watched it with me, yeah. Did he feel like – I feel like it kind of made fun of, like, the Eurovision <laughs> thing. It wasn't even, like, a, like an honest tribute. Uh-huh. It was that's gonna. That's probably why they made up for it with the singers coming in, with the actual real life singers coming in. I know, but that was the worst part of the movie. Sure. Yeah, they didn't execute that well at all. But yeah. in that tribute sense, that's what they were trying to do. I guess so. It just like it gave me a massive headache, like throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. After like the first, after the setup, I was just like, I was out. But I guess that does speak to a deeper thing about comedies. So this is a thing we can disagree on, I guess. And you even gave it the a second chance to the people who made the airplane movie and watched their other movie, The Naked Gun, which I, which you liked more. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has O.J. Simpson, but it's still <laughs> very funny. It's a very good movie. Uh-huh. No, but Airplane, honestly. I don't know. I just grew up with it, so I think I have a, a deeper connection to it. That's it's a good movie. Well. There was that one scene in Airplane. Don't where... you think it's funny when the old guy comes in after they like crash the plane? He's like, I just want you to know, we're all rooting for you. And then he just like leaves like after the fact. Like I just think that's very funny. I don't remember that. There was, I remember there was that one scene where the, the, little, the two white... The coffee? Kids. Yeah, the coffee. That was, that was a <laughs> See, That's pretty funny. I, I knew that scene. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, not all the humor is aged well. And it's like, especially like when I rewatched it, I did notice there were a lot of flashbacks. And I, it was just kind of getting old after a while. But at the same time, like, it was funny. I guess it's like kind of funnier as a kid because of like the shock value of like everything that's going on. But 
I don't know. And then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like, that was funny. I don't know. All right, let's move on. Because uh, that was – that comedies are something that people disagree about, and it, it's – you can't really control it, you know. Okay. Should we talk about Drive? Because I, I feel yeah. – I think we've been shelving this conversation for a while. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for this movie, though, I, I wouldn't – I'm not as strong as to what I originally feel because I, you know, it's been a while since I watched it. And well, I, I kind of feel at blame because I recommended it to you blindly. I hadn't even watched it. I just said, Randy, you should watch Drive. It's on Netflix. Uh, I, it has good reviews. And you thought I watched it, but uh, I didn't. So <laughs> I feel like I kind of set you up there. Yeah. But no, but go on with what you were saying. Um, before, I was really, very uh, strongly opposed to this movie, but... Um, you know, I haven't rewatched it since, and like since then, I expect different things from the movie now. So I guess if I were to rewatch it, maybe I'd enjoy it more. Yeah, yeah. It is a, it's a movie that like, it's kind of starts off as like an action film, and it kind of like it has a very similar opening scene to like Baby Driver in a way, like a, a like a car. like a getaway car driver. But, like, it takes a completely different turn. Like, there's, like, pretty much no action for, like, majority of the movie. I kind of enjoy that about it. But I can also uh, – it. I can see why people don't like it. It's very up its own ass, it's, if you know what I mean. I, I wasn't expecting that kind of – I've seen Ryan Gosling, you know, act much better in other movies. Like oh, yeah. Movies. Well, then again, that character is very, like, quiet and just yeah. doesn't talk a lot. So – I don't know. Yeah. And the, um, the, also the the main actress as well, the loving Carrie movie, Mulgan. She didn't add any, any Yeah, she 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 really brought nothing to the movie. I, that was one of the main things I brought up in my review. I thought like her character like didn't really have any depth, and like I just didn't really care about her, which kind of sucked considering like how much like how important she is to the plot. But I don't know. I like watched like the top ten list, and I always saw like the the elevator scene was like a, a top 10 like moment of like f- cinema or something. Then I get to it in this movie and I'm just like, I mean, that was kind of like, that wasn't even like, like one of the best scenes of the movie. It was just kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? I mean, I-, I saw reviews on it and they were explaining, you know, the necessity for the overly graphic violence, but I, I didn't, I don't Okay. Know. I, I honestly don't mind violence in movies, though. Like, I just I don't, don't care about it. I don't either, but... Um, Actually, it, it, I thought it I thought it kind of... It kind of served a really good purpose here, because it kind of... It kind of... in a Like, similar to in Joker, with that scene at the end with the interview, mm-hmm. it, it catches you off guard in such a way that, like... No, no but... No, what were you? What were you about to Joker's say? Joker's a guy who you know he's on the brink of insanity. You know he's gonna break at some point. This yeah, but guy, this guy, the driver, is also like a psychopath. He just isn't like he just doesn't wear clown makeup. You know what I mean? I mean this. Okay, it probably took less scenes to establish that, but I, I didn't see that coming at least. And maybe yeah. that's maybe that's what they were going for. I guess. Like, mm-hmm. Well, obviously, the like they want to like show that like, well, after he's like turned to all the violence now he can't get the girl anymore mm-hmm. so that's like what they were trying to show i guess and they try to show them more like visceral and like 
physical transformation way by like sh using all that blood i can understand like i wouldn't watch the movie with like my mom or something because she'd be like grossed out by it but like i thought it was also like i grew up with like tarantino movies like i watched kill bill when i was like nine so i i'm kind of just used to like seeing all that blood and everything so i don't know but after watching it i think this is a movie we actually kind of are both agree upon we both yeah. have mixed feelings yeah. we don't hate it we don't love it there's better ryan gosling movies i think with that we'll move on now we'll talk about a movie that randy recommended to me he's been talking about this movie for the longest time to wait, the wait, two wait, the two popes. two popes yeah okay so when oscar nominations came out around january or february i was noticeably upset that the two popes got nominations mostly because i had other actors in mind who i wanted to take those seats but randy insisted to me that the two popes was a it's a very good movie wait were they nominated for main actor yeah best actor and supporting actor uh, okay maybe adam sandler could have okay well let me let me go off through this adam sandler and uncut gems eddie murphy and dolomize my name taron edgerton and uh rocket man i mean there were so many better choices rocket man. the elton john movie yeah why he was so good in it what are you talking about he did was, his own singing was he better than um freddie mercury he, yes a hundred percent and he won the oscar so i was pretty, pissed okay. off about that <laughs> robert de niro and the irishman too like like why like why didn't he get any love i don't know but I mean, Jonathan Price was pretty good, though, I have to say. But I just don't think he deserved an Oscar nomination. Okay, sure, sure. I, but Anthony Hopkins, no, not at all. Not him either. I would have given a nomination to the to the second soldier in 1917 or, like, something. Anything. Like, I just didn't think his character was that good. Or his performance, at least. I don't know. I would have given him, like, a Shia LaBeouf and Honey Boy song king ho from parasite i mean there were so many better performances for supporting actor okay all right that's respectful okay but obviously that's doesn't have anything to do with the movie it's kind of just uh it's like completely different so you can't really hold that against it but movie wise it just like it was very bland it felt like a saltine cracker i got yeah. nothing out of it obviously it it took patience to watch the movie but somehow i was captivated by it the whole time because um, you're a soccer guy, and they kept talking about soccer. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I mean, that was, like, at the end, though. Like, okay, yeah, I guess. So it was interesting to see how, like, because I didn't even know any of this happened. Oh, I didn't know that's how. Well, supposedly none of this did happen. It was all, like, this is all, like, speculation. People, no, like, that, in, that in the. No, it did not. He, well, he resigned well he resigned and then the guy came up but like they did not have these like talks okay yeah sure probably not that obviously that's drama traumatization purposes but still like it was a very serene and like tranquil movie movie and that's what you know yeah it's, you miss out on that nowadays it's all you know but like you know just a movie of just like two guys sitting down just talking about life talking about their future like i don't know what i don't know why that's bad it's not bad. It's just like nothing. It like so for the first like act, I I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. It's pretty well made. It looks decent. The performances are good. But like 
after like the second act where the, he goes to like the summer home, I was just like, like, where is this going? And it just like, I just didn't, didn't think it was going anywhere. And they kept doing these like weird flashbacks. No, the flashbacks were very essential. No, they weren't. They were so boring. Oh my god. I was just like, I, I don't know. I was bored, and I and I can watch like long, very long movies like slow burns and not get bored. But I was just not very interested in any of the characters. Okay, I guess you could see how I, I can see how it shouldn't have been nominated for an Oscar, but I'm glad I got the nod anyway. Well, I I do respect it. It's kind of like a obviously like people the people of the catholic faith in the academy probably were like you're playing the pope we gotta put this guy in i don't know but i mean i can kind of see why you like it though at least it's not a bad movie it's just not very good and that's where i'll leave that all right let's talk about driving mrs daisy okay all right so i hate this movie i i i strongly dislike this okay. it's very similar to the two popes because it's just is, is there something good that you can say about this movie the makeup was good they look no, like I they got like... aged well and i guess i, I feel like kind of kind of made me feel reason, decent but the main reason why you dislike this movie and let's be honest it's because it, it won best picture. no i don't i don't care about that i really don't i Obviously, you can hold that against the movie, and that's a and maybe I'll bring that up in a minute. But I I think inherently this movie is just not good. It's just not a good movie. It's for a movie that's so focused on like dialogue and like a a good script and like good plot points. It's just like everything falls flat. I don't know, and I just don't feel like. So do you not connect with the characters? Like, do you not feel you know? No, I just feel like Morgan Freeman's character was never, he was never really given like any like proper characterization. He was just kind of like the driver. Like I never thought like he was really like given like a a juicy like scene or anything. So, like what do you, well, what's your argument for this movie? It's just, without going into the technicalities of it, obviously, just on the surface, it's a very heartwarming movie and i think i said this oh okay continue continue it's a very heartwarming movie and the characters um uh exemplify that you know very well and i was able to connect with them and um i was able to feel for the grandma feel for the driver obviously especially you know at the beginning where they weren't just getting they weren't getting along it's not like you know that i i will say though um the connection between them, you know, the, the liking between them didn't happen immediately, but it happened too late. I'll say that. It should have happened. But did she they, ever, they, like, really change her ways, though? Did she ever, out. like, really come, like, yeah, full circle? I don't think so. So. Like, okay. I don't want to spoil the movie or anything, so I'm not going to. But obviously in the beginning of the movie, she's, like, kind of racist about, like, having, like, a black person, like, helping take care of her and like drive her around and she never really comes off of that like put on the gas like until like the last minute of the movie and it's just like it's just like why like I, I it just doesn't make a lot of sense did you go in with the presupposition of this is going to be a bad movie no i never i never think that not the two popes 
No, I actually had. I actually was pretty excited to watch Two Popes today. Okay. I, I was because you honestly don't have bad taste in movies, but obviously we have different sensibilities. Mm-hmm. And these two movies are similar because they're both about like friendship and mm-hmm. like, like uh, just them having like long conversations and worrying about each other's life. And for and those aspects of Driving Miss Daisy weren't bad, but the aspects about like. Like, whenever she, like, tried to bring... Like, whenever race or, like, racial issues were brought up into the movie, it's just, like, completely, like... It was horrible. It was you just so bad. You mentioned earlier that he didn't have a juicy scene, but I know for a fact that there was one, actually, when... Um, maybe I don't want to get too far into it, but when they pulled across on the road, they pulled a they pulled aside on the road, she had to take a, a piss, and then he, like, locked the doors or whatever, or he gave her the keys, something like that. That that was that what was do you kind mean? of a... oh oh I mean I guess but then again that just like shows that she really doesn't really care about him and that like her characterization was just like she never like really changed I, I don't know that's the only way you can go though because if I mean okay you think she didn't change I think she did but you you just can't have that happen so suddenly or so apparent it's so not it's not that it's more. You can show some, like, I'll take, for instance, a movie that came out in 1989 that year that lost to Drive Miss Daisy, but it wasn't even nominated. The Spike Lee film, Do the Right Thing. Like, the, the, the character in that movie, the Italian uh, owner, Sal, of the pizza shop that Spike Lee's character works at, he, uh, like, I feel like he, they showed his character, like, change and, like, boil up to, like, an explosive moment a lot better than like Drive Miss Daisy does. Sure, sure. And maybe it wasn't going for the assertive route. Well, it, it doesn't have to be assertive, but it has to be like noticeable, at least. You know? Then you probably got whoosh. You got... What does that mean? Right. Oh, it just went over your head? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll agree to disagree, but... Jarmus Daisy. I've seen a lot of the best picture winners recently. Definitely, definitely one of the worst, in my opinion. Very similar to uh, Green Book, which I know you haven't seen, but like how that, but then again, I also think about Green Book as a way of like, uh, like that year kind of ha- was not very strong for movies, at least, mm-hmm. that were nominated, so. I, I can't really fault them, but at the same time, I don't really think Green Book should have won. Okay. okay, but that brings up the blind side. Uh, so. Big Mike. <laughs> I'm going to echo that in the edit. Okay, okay, that brings up the blind side. Uh, I don't know. I just like every time I think about this movie or like see it on TV, I just hate it. I just get like my opinion of it like worsens. I don't know. Would you like to like try to defend it? I feel bad because I keep attacking movies you like, and I feel like you have not been able to do that I've, back to I've me. I've been attacking movies that you like. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll get. I'll give you a break real quick. To see oh wait, if you no, airplane, airplane, airplane. I know, but I kind of just went at you for that. Like, you weren't like, Mason, why would you like Airplane, you know? Okay. Okay, anyways. Okay, Randy, explain explain why The Blind Side is the greatest sports movie of all time. Uh, okay, maybe I can retract on that statement. Maybe it's not the greatest. Um, 
But this is a it's a movie. Um, it's a movie. It's definitely a movie. Yeah. It has, it has the uh, typical white savior type narrative, but I mean, it comes across as like not in your face in this sense. Yeah, Sandra Bullock plays a you know a strong. You, okay, movie. no. But that's that's the main problem with the movie. It is the white savior movie, if anything. I know you've seen. I saw in your letterbox you watched Freedom Riders recently, yeah. which I haven't seen, but I know like that kind of falls into the same trope. And I remember yeah. in your review you said like all the like the characters like say like Homegirl and like stuff that like just doesn't feel realistic. And I feel like like that like I feel like they just like a lot of these white savior movies in a way they they kind of minimize like the characters in like such a way like big mike he's like such a like a, a simpleton like he's he's an idiot and they treat him like an idiot when yeah, like I, and he's just not like proper like this is a biopic about him he is uh-huh. covering the blind side uh-huh. but he is a supporting character he has like no lines in the movie sure, like, sure. and like Actually, I, yeah, I don't know michael Ower, he, he he even said you know who the movie is based on um he even went out and said you know i didn't like how they portrayed him yeah, I know. And I, I feel yeah. bad for like they made him an idiot. Like uh-huh. for no like obviously like he probably like I, I read I was reading up on it yesterday in preparation and he did have like educational struggles, but like he was a very like well versed, very talkative person and like I feel like just moving him into like a such like a, a dual role is just like so stupid. I don't know. But think about it, maybe what the director is thinking, okay, if we do go this route, um, you know, can we get an actor to actually portray that? Or would this really look right with the movie? And, um, you know, would someone like Sandra Bullock fit into taking a step back, I guess? Maybe the... I don't uh, know. I, I, I feel like, I feel like they should just... It works better if she is the lead, honestly. Yeah, but you can make her the lead, but you also have to realize, like, you have to realize the character of, like, Michael a little better, you know? Sure. And not just, like, make him, like, a, a person who says one word every minute. So think about, okay, if he was talkative, you have him... Well, it's not just that. Yeah. It, if it, it, He doesn't have to just be talkative. He has not to... Going. Just not quiet, not to himself, not an introvert. Well, I don't, I don't care if they play him as an introvert, but, like... They just make him, it's not, they make him seem like such an idiot. Like he can only like, he's only saved because of the white savior. It's not because of anything he can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, well, then again, he's only good at that because she taught him how to play it. She uh, taught him like, yeah, you got to yeah. treat the quarterback like, <laughs> like it's, it's me. And then he's like, oh, okay. And then that explains why he's like in the NFL, I guess, or in a scene later in the movie where he goes to back to where he was like where his like family is from like the like the lower income part of like the city and the only reason he gets out of there is because she has to come and save him because he can't save himself which is i i don't know like at the same time like i i do realize it's like a even michael orr said this he said i know like didn't get it like the the full picture right but it is a good it's a good depiction of like it teaches you something that should be taught like compassion and like how you should like look out for your neighbors and like love everyone or 
something of that nature. I do respect that part of the movie, but I don't think it goes about in a, a good way. You know, I, I can see where you're coming from, at least. Yeah. I get it, yeah. Okay. Also, Remember the Titans is a far better movie, and that would have made my list yeah. if we went back now. Okay. Denzel Washington is very good in that movie. Okay. Now it's time to get into the uh, the big conversation. Okay. All right. This is, yeah, okay. All right. This keeps leading back to the Oscars for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. But, okay, anyways, 1917. A movie we disagree about, but I think we can both admit is at least pretty good. From I at least think it's a pretty good movie. You yeah. think it's a five-star perfect film. Or maybe not perfect, but one of the best. Maybe maybe four and a half on a really on a really 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 bad day. But oh, okay, really okay. Explain explain why you like nineteen seventeen. Um, I mean, I can go into like basic on the surface stuff. You know, cinematography, directing, obviously, but it's just like when you go below that, it's you see um a story about this guy William Schofield. He actually initially i didn't even realize he was the main character i thought it was blake because he's trying to they're trying to find his brother mm -hmm. so you know when the climax happens it really sucks because then it's like okay what, what like what now so it leaves the audience member thinking like okay what has to happen now in order to make sure that you know this mission gets complete and um so in that sense uh the writing in that sense uh goes far and uh, aside from that, yeah, cinematography. Birdman did it first, but it still works with this movie too. The one shot thing, mm -hmm. uh, and that's probably that. That could be why you why. Uh, no, I don't hold that against it. Okay. It's a it's a similar to. I'll relate to another type of like gimmick thing, but like similar to like the movie unfriended which is like a horror movie but it all takes place on like a computer screen mm -hmm. just because it's like the first to do it doesn't mean it's like the best like there's another movie called searching which came out like two years ago and it all takes place on a computer screen but it's like so 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 much better so just because it takes the one take principle for like the whole movie does not mean it's like yeah i it like copied it from birdman or anything so but my problem with the movie is pretty much the story and the script itself. I just don't think it's very good. I I think as an action movie, and maybe as like a war film, it's decent, but like there's just parts of it that I just don't think are very good. And I think a lot of people don't talk about. Like every, like, so in the, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna try to stay away from spoilers for this movie. Cause I think it is a good enough movie where everybody should watch it and like enjoy it and everything. But it does feel very much like a video game movie. If if you play a lot of like action video games like Call of Duty, you can kind of see where like the parallels are. It's of course the one take thing kind of makes it seem like you're like behind the character and you're like controlling them in a way. But at the same time, it it kind of like draws you out of the movie because you're like, okay, this is like a gimmick. Like like why is it not cutting like? You're not seeing the characters' faces the whole time. Not that you need to, but, like, you're not really connecting with them. 
And then when they do try to establish some sense of like backstory in like the first act of the movie, it just like the pacing just like drags to like such a like a slow and like like molasses type like pace, and it's just like why why are you doing this? Like just go back to the action. It, it, it was not very effective in like making you care for like the characters and what was happening to them, at least for me. And okay. Um, we're not going to talk about the, the most important scene in the movie, though. Or maybe I, not the most important, but the, the best scene in the movie. Definitely. We'll just call it the climax then. Because no, obviously that works climax. for some people. And I, 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 I just don't really think it's like it's done so fast and like quick. It just like. I don't think we're talking about the same thing. Oh, you're talking about the run? No, 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 no. The when he's walking through like the war-torn Colosseum, basically, and all the flares are shooting up. Oh, okay. Well, let yeah, me get into one yeah, thing that's the, like incredibly that. great about this movie, which is the cinematography. Me and you both can agree on this. Yeah. That that whole part's just like beautiful to look at. Like everything's like filmed by like all the light is like fire. It's just insane. Like yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they pulled that off. Like, this movie does seem like a technical, like, insane, like, impossible thing to pull off. But I have to admit, I respect the guy for doing it. But, okay, well, let me get into my bigger problem. And this should really take away from the movie, but, like, when, so when Best Picture was coming around, the three movies that were, like, the big contenders were 1917, Parasite, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I I think 1917 is a good movie, but I just don't think it's a best picture caliber movie because uh-huh. I don't think it's because I think the power of like movies and like cinema is you're supposed to be storytelling and like using using the film as a way to like connect to the characters and like almost as like you're using that as a way to like use to tell your story in a unique way. And uh, this movie is unique in telling it in, like, a, a one-take way, but it's also, like, the story itself is nothing that we haven't seen before. It's very common in other war movies, you know? What other war movies? I mean, it's the same thing in, like, every other... Like, what, like, what makes the story different from any other war movie? The fact that... there There's one... The main guy wants to get back home. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Uh... I mean, that's pretty much, like, and he just goes through a bunch of, like, crazy stuff just to, like, try to hopefully get back to his family. I feel like what a lot of war movies rely on is probably the dialogue, and this movie doesn't use it as a crutch, really. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, like, how do you, how do you say, like, the di- like? Like okay, not 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 dialogue like, is like the primary driver, but that's present in a lot of other. They try to show the camaraderie between the the yeah. soldiers through the dialogue. Yeah, really, this is really just about the art of what goes into the movie, rather like the production, the scenery, costume, um, the sh- the shots. Well, a movie can be technically really good, yeah. but it can also that's, like that's what it is though. It's really. A more technical, a technical movie rather than uh, an emotion movie, like leaving you. But then uh, it's not really a movie. If, if you're only going to, then it's just. Well, okay, let's bring this back to one of our favorite directors, Martin Scorsese. 
when you call Marvel movies a cinema, like a just like an amusement park ride, and he got a lot of backlash for that. That's exactly what he's talking about. It's a technical achievement, but it's not telling a story in a very like proficient way. You know, it could tell a story. It. I mean, through technicality. I'm okay. Well, let me also get this across. I'm not a big war movie fan. Like I, I like I've tried to like watch a couple different war movies. In the last like couple months, I've seen like I rewatched Dunkirk, I rewatched Saber and Private Ryan. I'm just not a I'm not a big fan of them, but I do think those two movies are better, in the sense that they make you care for the characters more, even though they they use like different styles of different techniques. I don't think I don't think their uh, I think their level of storytelling is not compromised by what's going on around them. Like you can take like Dunkirk, like that movie is just as technically proficient as 1917, in my opinion. Like, the way they use the camera and those, and the way Nolan uses all those practical effects, and, like, like he actually bombed the hell out of a bunch of places for, like, like just a bunch of sets just to, like, try to get the right look for it. And you can definitely tell, like, how good that looks. And, like, see, that, like, that's a unique thing for Dunkirk, but also Saving Private Ryan, it that movie focuses more on like the carnage and like absolute like brutality and violence and like just like the massacre that like war can like have on people and like how like like just like how messed up it can really be i feel like 1917 doesn't really i mean it has that one moment in the middle of the movie but it never i feel like it never really shows like the brutalities of it however i do think it I, I think it, the themes that it goes for, I just don't think it achieves a hundred percent. So for you're saying for from what from what I can understand, you're saying for a war movie, it's not as it's not good. But no, I'm not, I'm not saying that because 1917 is probably definitely one of the better war movies I've ever seen. But from a technical level, I think from one arena, it's like probably like top of the best, like. Like, if you get a budget that big and you have all those actors and, like, pretty much what, like, 1917 did, technically it's a great movie, but, it, once again, it's not really uh doesn't really feel like a good, like, film to me. And the way, like, Parasite or, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood does. Another thing that, like, makes it similar to a video game movie, though, is, like, how just, like, random actors just pop up throughout the movie for like five minutes and like say like five lines of dialogue and then leave what like benedict cumberbatch yes and then what's the other guy's name mark strong andrew scott uh richard madden a bunch of people from like game of thrones just show up for like like that just feels like a video game like side character who's like he's like you have to go like find him to get your next mission and then like he's like if you want to go below you have to use the hoe and then he just like and then you're just like oh i have to go through the mines okay then you do that set piece and then you like it's like go to the farmhouse and then like on the way to the farmhouse it's like you want to talk about berries and then i don't know <laughs> just like very like and i like video games a lot obviously but and i don't really think that's like a it's not a bad thing but it just once again it doesn't really add up to the best movie in my opinion you feel like it more takes away than it has yeah, yeah. 
for me at least, I think John Wick 3 is actually a better action movie. Sure. But yeah, talk about pure action, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Well, I do I do like how like I I do think the ending of the movie is pretty effective. Like I I I like like the last like thing that you're left with. I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And obviously like the uh the themes of like effect on war on family is kind of like the prevalent like one of the more prevalent things that the film has going on like in its mind but at the same time they don't it it kind of loses that like and then there's the baby part like that was 10 minutes in a movie that just like felt like completely unnecessary like i was just like where he's where he's in the coliseum and he just like stumbles into a room yeah, you, you think he's going to fall in love with his lady, but then he doesn't. You think also, he's going to drop for his lady. Are, are you kidding me? They have that no, they did not. What was it? What are you on? Okay, he see, he see he finds one French one. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to fall. Like, no. He feels bad for her. You think he's going to, like, stay behind and try to, like, care for her and her child. Honestly, though, that's a common thing in a lot of, like, war movies. Like, that even happens in Saving Private Ryan. Like they just like have a weird interaction with like the foreign the foreign people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna say something, and now I'm trying to remember. George McKay deserved a would deserve a best actor nomination over Jonathan Price though. He's the main guy. Okay. Because Jonathan Price just stumbles around with a cane for about yeah. like two hours. Okay. George McKay's like running through like dirt, and if he like makes one, if he steps in the wrong place, they're like, oh. We're gonna have to do those twenty minutes over again, and he's just like, oh, "Shit." Uh, I think from the from the academy perspective, they were thinking, "Okay, he's just a piece in what's truly telling the story. He's not telling the story; rather, mm-hmm. everything around him is telling the story." Well, Jonathan uh, Price, he's the driver. Yeah, so is Eddie Murphy playing the title <laughs> character in yeah, "Dolomite Is My Name," yeah, or yeah. Uh, Taron Edgerton playing the title character in "Rocket Man," uh-huh. but. Uh, besides that, have you seen Parasite yet? Just curious. No. Okay. All right. Well, no. maybe. Yo, dude, this guy. No. Okay. Maybe we could talk about that on one of our next podcasts. But uh, that's our last we were talking about. Uh, not a lot of resolutions, but I think we we came to understand each other's perspective better, and that's yeah. all you. And honestly, that's that's the type of conversation. That's what matters. Uh-huh. Those are conversations that matter. Uh-huh. And uh, I thank Randy for uh, having these conversations with me, as always. Uh, yes. Uh, we'll be back next week with another podcast episode. We'll probably be talking about two albums by one of our favorite artists, if not my favorite artist, if not your favorite artist, not really my favorite artist. we're not going to say it. We're not going to spoil it, but you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, like, subscribe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.